everybody, Susan Finch here, your host for All Volunteer, All Heart from Binky Patrol. And today I have Leah Okamoto from Erin's Presence. But before we bring her on, I wanted to tell you some of the things that struck me when her booking person, PR person at Boston University said, hey, you might want to have her on your show. And I read about the mission of Erin's Presence. And if you have been following Binky Patrol at all, in our last episode, we did a recap from our Binkathon, and you may recall you heard Carolyn Barrett, one of our directors, saying, what gives her the biggest joy is watching kids make blankets for kids because kids get the need. They understand the need to be comforted. They understand when their peers are scared, when their little siblings are scared, when they're sad, when they're ill, when it's just not great. And to watch kids pull from their heart, which is so easy for them and have a way that they can make a difference and they can make a difference with friends. And it's a lot of fun. So that's what we do at Binky Patrol, where some of our volunteers are four years old. You know, we teach them early. My kids learned how to sew when they were four to put labels on blankets and they get it. They always have. And so when the idea came across to interview Leah, I was so excited because I said, this is it because she is taking it way further than that with more options than just making blankets, hats, and scarves. And so I wanted to invite her on to tell us about Erin's presence. So Leah, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I'm really thrilled to be here. Yeah, so nice to meet you. Thank you. I know what Erin's presence is. Can you give the group, you know, the listeners, just a quick overview, and then we can dive in a little bit more to your story, if you're okay with that. Sure. Erin's presence, I founded and and have been running it for 10 years. And we give kids an, a pretty unique, rare opportunity, I think, to do anything that they want to do, as long as it's good for somebody else. So um, most of our kids start between fourth and eighth grade. I would say that's kind of our sweet spot. And like you said, it comes so naturally to them. They have so many ideas. They have They are so creative and compassion, empathy, just wanting to see people happy. Like all of these things come so naturally to them. And so we really empower them to notice needs around them and find ways that they want to address them. And so it just gets them comfortable with noticing something and taking action and being able to do that, right? Like, so we provide kind of the easy part, which is the resources, supplies, we drive them around, we, you know, parent permission, all that stuff, coordinating with an organization maybe, but all of the meaningful stuff, all the heart of the project and the execution and the interactions with other human beings and, and people that they're helping or organizations, all of that is in their hands, right? Like they take the lead on all of that meaningful part. And so what I I think I didn't realize we were doing at the time that I started this was that we're really helping them to develop a sense of purpose and self-value. And what I've learned is that you really can't do anything else or you're really hampered if you don't have a sense of self-value, right? If you don't think that you have anything to contribute, anything value to valuable to contribute and the world doesn't need you, doesn't need your unique gifts, your personality, all of that, right? All of the things that you bring to the table. I tell the kids like your personality, your life experience, the languages you speak, where you come from, where your family comes from, the stuff you've been through that's been great and the stuff you've been through that's been hard. Nobody in the world has that combination. 
that you have, right? And so we need you to develop yourselves as fully as possible and be able to take action and in the unique way that you can. And so it's really about self-value and kind of realizing that they have something to give. That's what we're after. So I have a few questions then that you bring to mind. You talk about driving them around. So is this only near you or have you expanded to have other smaller teams that can help execute this as well? Right now, we are focused on the cities of Lawrence and Lowell. We're in greater Boston, so we're just north of Boston, about a half an hour in Massachusetts. And we focus on two target cities, Lawrence and Lowell. And they are high-need cities, very under-resourced cities. Lawrence is, I believe, the poorest per per capita city in Massachusetts. And Lowell has an extremely diverse immigrant population from all over the world, from Southeast Asia, Africa, South America, Central America. And so we work with kids in those cities first and foremost. And right now, our our model is very hands-on. And so it's really a mentoring program, right? So we have a team of 12 mentors and the mentors are the ones who take the kids out to do their projects and to execute. And our, you know, my long-term goal is to be able to offer this to every middle schooler in those two cities. And we get a really high participation rate. So we're thinking, you know, if we were able to have half of the kids in these cities participate every year, like what would that look like, right? It would be like maybe cost a million dollars a city, but that feels so reasonable when you think of 1600 kids being able to have that experience in each city. And we feel like the ripple effects from that and tapping into that, you know, untapped potential of the youngest residents of our cities, I think it could really serve as a model of how to empower youth, transform communities for the better. And I think it could have a huge impact on anti-violence efforts and mental health efforts. You know, we've seen ripple effects and, uh, you know, the simple idea, the simple model really has so much impact on the kids um, as they grow up as well. And especially the kids that we're working with who tend to be very surrounded by need, anxiety, lots of life stresses, poverty, they get it and they they get the need to help, they get the need for community, all of that. But to answer your question, like, so we're kind of developing these two cities as our model right. city. And then I think, you know, after we're able to kind of see what the impact is there, then we could, you know, another city that's interested and sees the impact, we could say, well, this is what it's going to cost to have this, you know, offer this to your middle schoolers and start with them in your city. And then we could go from there. So it's definitely something that's very replicable. It's Mm -hmm. just that it is more complicated and more hands-on high touch than people realize. And so it's not something where you can just say, oh oh, yeah, like all these kids can just do projects. It's just community service. (laughs) It's actually, you know, much much more complicated than that so well it is and as you said too all the permissions and things you have to do the background checks on your volunteers you have to make sure they've been through all the special trainings Mm -hmm. you know so that you can say that they have the first aid training they have all those things as soon as you get people involved with kids it complicates it so much more and Mm -hmm. yes it gives more opportunities to be rewarding but it does complicate it especially when you want to replicate the model in cities that you are not personally there to oversee it but i love the goal i i just love the goal so you've been doing this for 10 years 
Mm-hmm. Talk to me about the first alums that went through your program. Do you ever talk to them again? Are they still mm-hmm. involved, interested? Yeah. So, you know, we always say once you're in Aaron's presence, you're in the family together forever, you know, <laughs> um, and kids know that as they grow up, they can always come back to us and ask us questions. You know, like I said, a lot of our kids are coming from backgrounds where they did not have a lot of support in terms of trying to figure out higher education, trying to figure out jobs, professions, all of these things, right? And so whatever we can do to support them as they get older, that's what we want to do. It really is at its core a mentorship program. Um, So now our oldest kids are, we've had 3,000 kids go through the program now. Wow, fantastic. And um, our oldest kids are now, I think, 22 years old. So it's really exciting to hear from them and see what they're doing. And we do as much a follow-up as we can. And like I said, like a lot of kids just stay in touch naturally and we, you know, we'll take them out for a catch-up meal or whatever, you know, if they want to do that, or we'll help them with applications that they're working on or things like that. So really, I remember the first kid who didn't have any role models of doing this, no examples, right? I was just presenting this to a bunch of sixth graders for the first time. And she had an idea to give out reflective vests and whistles to other kids who were walking home in the dark from school because the bus routes had changed. And so she noticed and she thought, I don't think that they feel safe all the time walking, walking home in the city. And so what if we gave reflective vests and whistles to these kids? And I saw that application and I thought, this is exactly the type of thing that I thought kids could come up with. Right. And if given the opportunity. And so we worked together on that. And I think she made a flyer, offered it to her peers and I think like 21 kids took her up on it and we were able to to loan out the vests and whistles. And she even like did a survey at the end of the year to see like how they felt about it and stuff. And so she really went through that whole process, the whole process right. of planning and executing a project. And that's when I really What a great skill like though. What a fantastic future skill that you've given her because she was, like you said, she was able to see it, but the survey at the end Mm-hmm. The follow-up that yeah. in business, people forget to do that. They forget yeah. to follow back and do the debrief to, you know, what worked, yeah. what didn't work. Yeah. And she did that. That's fantastic. Yeah, even like the budgeting, you know, she went online, she found the reflective vest, she found the whistles, like she just, so it was pretty cool. Cause I was like, this is what 11 year olds can do. They're capable of a lot more than we give them yes. credit for. They have that strong desire to be trusted and a lot of programs will tell kids you have ideas and we want your ideas and sketch them out and whatever but they're never really able to execute those ideas and so you know a lot of kids especially in under-resourced areas they're like stunned that this organization and these adults are willing to put money behind their ideas right and we're willing to like buy the stuff that they need for their ideas and we're willing to drive them around and take that time, right? And I think they just have a really strong appreciation for that. I don't think they've ever had that experience before where people were willing to put real resources behind their ideas at age 11. And so they're always, why are you doing this? He's spending money on, you know, and we're like, don't worry about the money. That's what we do every day. We just beg people for money so that we can, you know, so you guys have the ideas. And yeah, it's it's really cool to see how inspired they are 
by being trusted. Right. Well, you were talking too about <clears throat> violence, preventing violence and helping to break that pattern of violence that is in their cities. It's very prevalent, you know, due to every reason that there is out there that violence mm -hmm. happens. And yeah. so these kids now have a new option, a new outlet, a safe place to go mm -hmm. and a way to change their thinking to truly break the possibility of that cycle. Mm -hmm. Can you, do you have any s stories? What are some of your favorite projects? I love the best one. Do you have any others that, you know, because you said different age ranges are, from fourth grade all the way up. There are so many. And I really do believe that this type of activity at this pivotal age in their formation of their selves and their role in the world, all of these things, I think that it could have a really profound effect on violence in cities and just like in general outcomes for youth in the future as well, because I've seen it with my own eyes, right? We've had 3000 kids go through, I would say about 80% of those kids have come from these two cities. And we've had kids who were very close to getting involved in gang activity or whatnot, you know, just going down down the wrong paths and just having one, I, there's a ton of research out there on the value of mentorship alone, right? Having an adult there who, you know, cares about you and believes in you. I mean, that alone, I think has a profound effect, right? But then having someone who is also, you know, giving you the chance to execute some of your ideas and also like choose who they want to do it with. So they usually do it in small groups of friends. Um, so that also in middle school, a lot of these kids don't have play dates. They don't get to see a lot of their peers outside of school. And kids are very different in school and out of school. They're very, very different people. And so for them to be able to be with their friends and bond in a different way, in a really positive way, you know, we asked the kids in an our end of year survey, how has it changed the way that you see your friends? And a lot of the kids have said like, oh, I didn't know that my friends were nice. I didn't know that, I didn't know that they were kind people, you know, and things like that. And they, they said, you know, I, I saw a different side of my friends and I had a lot of fun with them, but we were also doing something good. And so I think it, no kid grows up thinking, oh, I want to join a gang or I want to hurt people or I want to become right. a violent. Person, exactly. right? Nobody wants to do that when they're seven years old, nine years old, right? But they, what they want is connection and they want brotherhood, sisterhood. They want a community. This type of activity connects them with each other. It connects them with a mentor. It connects them with their larger community in a positive way. And they don't feel as disconnected and alone because of those supports and because of seeing what they are capable of doing, you know? And right. so that self-value starts to build. And so I think they're less vulnerable to groups or activities that kind of feed on a desperate desire for connection and community because they have felt that already in a positive way. And so they know kind of better how to look for it in positive directions. I can't think of a kid that, I mean, we've definitely had kids. It's the reality of life, right? Like we've had 
kids who have gotten into some trouble have or just are kind of struggling to figure out what they want to do in life. They've struggled in school or whatnot, you know, or at home. Like there are a lot of a lot of kids who have very tough life situations. But I can't think of anybody that we've had that has gone down a violent path, you know, has hurt other people. And so, you know, maybe that's the kids who are opting to get involved with us. But one of the things that I'm most proud of is that because we work through the schools to find kids, um, to get kids involved, we really have had like the full range of kids in middle school who are failing in their classes, getting in trouble a lot, not finding success in any other areas, not being plugged into things like the Boys and Girls Club or other after school programs, just not joining anything, right? But any kid can find success in Aaron's presence because any kid can do something good for somebody else, right? Whether it's a grocery run for somebody, like they, anybody can do something and fe- that will make them feel good about it. I do believe that we have had a wide range of kids with a wide range of achievement levels. And, you know, we're not selective. We're not just getting the kids who are doing well or the kids who are motivated or driven. And so the fact that we have not seen violence in our community, I think says a lot. And I would love to see how that experiment could be shown on a larger scale. I I love that goal. I mean, those are wonderful wishes and goals with all volunteer all heart from binky patrol we're going to take a quick break here because i want to tell you about aaron's presence this is right now it is in massachusetts in the boston area only for now but it doesn't mean you can't help them go to aaronspresence.org a-a-r-o-n-s-p-r-e-s-e-n-t-s aaronspresence.org and you can help you can help sponsor a project that these kids want to do the ideas in their head to help other kids to help their communities to do something that is a part of something bigger something positive to help break the cycle of violence to help break the cycle of negativity join their efforts in doing this even if you you might be on the other side of the country doesn't matter you can still help by sponsoring a project so go to aaronspresence.org and now back to the show The one thing we didn't do earlier in this show is talk about the name, mm-hmm. talk about how you got started. You are so focused on the positive aspects of everything that's happening through Aaron's presence, all the kids that you've helped, their futures that have been improved because of their skills, their confidence, their self-worth, all the things that happen through giving to others. I'm reading a book right now called The Negativity Fast by Anthony Ian and chapter chapter 11 is my favorite chapter because it talks about the power of giving to get rid of the negative the power of doing for others getting out of yourself and this is precisely what we're doing this is what binky patrol founded on as well my motivation for starting it was getting off the pity pot when a lot of things are going wrong in my life mm-hmm. and decided my mom always said do something for somebody else to get off that pity pot and i did and here we are 27 years later So tell me the story of Aaron's presence. That's perfect because that is one of our larger messages to the kids. When you are going through a hard time, sometimes taking a break from yourself for a few hours can really change your perspective. You know, you can help yourself by helping others and it's just counterintuitive, but it 
it totally works. In 2013, my husband and I, we, well, I, I was, I was pregnant and I went into emergency labor with my son, Aaron, and he was rushed to hospitals in Boston. And, and after eight and a half days of fighting, he got an infection that he could not fight off and he passed away. And so that was June of 2013. And it was, of course, like the biggest, the biggest tragedy that had happened in my otherwise pretty charmed life until then. And um, that summer, we were thinking about what we might be able to do in his memory. And so we were thinking, you know, would we do maybe a scholarship fund or something like that. And I thought, if we were able to raise a little bit of money, I wanted something that I felt like could last. And I didn't know if we would be able to sustain something like a fun, like year after year, you know, and I kind of wanted it to be something that sort of would, would live on. And so one night I just had this idea literally pop into my head and I thought, what if we raised a few thousand dollars and we put it in the hands of young people and, and invited them to do, they could do anything positive with that money. And I thought, you know, especially the youngest kids who don't often have an opportunity to do something like that, I thought it could have a big impact on them. And I thought, you know, even if an eight-year-old wanted to bring flowers to his old grandmother, because it was his idea and because he chose the flowers and bought the flowers and, you know, did everything, the happiness that she would feel, he would feel amazing because it was all from him, right? From the heart. I spent that fall developing this idea and it really saved me in a lot of ways because I had all this love and energy that I had expected to pour into Aaron and I needed a place to put that, you know? And so being able to kind of just pour myself into developing this idea and the materials and talking to some people about it and stuff was really a gift. And then in January, I found two, a school and an after-school program that was going to allow me to pilot the program with their kids, some of their kids. And so I started meeting with these kids and I, I presented the opportunity and you know, some of the kids started taking me up on it and submitting applications and someone wanted to do a chess class for younger kids. Someone wanted to lead their own dance and gymnastics class for other kids. And then Clarice wanted to do the reflective vests and whistles. And there were a number of other ideas. And I started meeting with them every week and talking about their ideas. And it was the first time since Aaron had died that I really felt some joy you know, and felt like there was healing happening. So it was such a gift. And we had 27 kids do 12 projects that spring. And then we had a little celebration in June for all of them. And they gave speeches and public speaking is also an opportunity that I love to give the kids. So every year when we have our celebration, it's all about whoever wants to speak can speak in front of 300 people at in, you know, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. It's such a transformative experience. So yeah, 27 kids, 12 projects. And then last year we had 510 kids doing wow. 388 projects. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So it's kind of taken on a life of its own, you know, and, and it has fulfilled so many things that I, 
felt back then I feel like it's a living legacy for Aaron like I feel like his spirit really is living on through all of these kids and that's why I call it Aaron's presence one is it's like a double meaning right that I especially in the beginning I feel Aaron's presence through all of this work but I also see every kid who participates as one of Aaron's presence to the world in terms of a more empowered, confident, compassionate, empathetic, take action type of kid who's going to become that type of adult. It's really been such a gift to me and to our family. It's changed our lives. We've met so many amazing kids and families who have really changed our perspective and just taught us so much about life and about other people's struggles as well, about different life situations, about people coming to this country from all over. Um, Just, yeah, so many situations. Yeah, we're very grateful. (laughs) Oh, Leah, I'm so glad we've met. Me too. (laughs) So I want to make an offer. If you have any kid that wants to make blankets for some reason that's their project yeah we do Pinky patrol will get you i will order the fabric the kit for you oh wow and we will get that to your group oh that'd be awesome you just tell yeah, us we how have many in the past had different events with kids making blankets and you're basically an aaron's presence kid <laughs> with your, yeah. your project <laughs> so we're happy to do that you just let me know oh, and say cool. hey susan yeah we're gonna need like 20 kits okay and That's right awesome. now we are we're doing okay and so i can do that and you're gonna make them and you're gonna deliver them there to the kids that need them there and whatever sizes you need we'll get you those kits and who are usually the re- recipients? Kids in hospitals? Or? For us, no. It, I mean, okay. there are a lot of people that make blankets for kids in hospitals. And we do that too. We focus on the kids you guys focus on. We focus on the invisible kids. Okay. The ones who are marginalized, the ones who are on the brink, homeless, experiencing traumas, victims yep. of violent crimes, that are living in with their moms in battered women's shelters. All Those are our yeah. We also give to pregnancy clinics and shelters and we, wow. we give to the, the quiet ones behind that. Yeah, I love that. So that's mainly, but we also give to hospitals. It depends on what we have and what the needs are for every chapter. Yeah. So our chapters decide who receives the blankets that their chapter makes. Okay. So oh, that's, that's, how, that's how we do it. And we let everybody pick their own. So if you guys took them, that would be part of the project is for them to research where do they need to go? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love I love finding people who are, you know, not usually thought of yes. for these types of projects. So yep. So we're friends now. Aaron's I know. presence and Binky Patrol. We're friends. friends. Really, like, you know, you're you're basically what we're hoping to raise up more of, right? People right. who will just do I tell the kids, if you did a project like this once a year for the rest of your life, that's a lot of things that you would have done for other people, right? But because you know that it's like a source of joy and happiness, fulfillment, I hope that this will become a way of life and a way of thinking for you, right? And I've I've really seen that happen. Like, you know, I have kids who are are really struggling, especially financially and their families and stuff, like the kids who have the highest need. And they will text me out of the it like blew me away there was a girl who whose family had a house fire about a month ago and so they're still living in I think with one of their aunts and they were in a hotel for a little bit 
it's going to take a while for their place to be their apartment to be rebuilt. Even two weeks after that happened, she texted me and said, oh, I really want to do a project for the homeless. <laughs> and I, I thought, you know, like she's still thinking about other people. She's not she could be thinking like I need some stuff for my own family. Right. Like right. I just lost everything. Yeah. And there's like a, a young mom that we ha- that we know who is part of Aaron's presence. She's 17 and her son is no, she's 18 and her son is two now. And she doesn't have much money at all. She is always struggling to get her basic needs and and diapers for her son and all of these things and going and trying to stay in school herself. And and she will also text me once in a while and just say like, oh, I want to do another project sometime. Like I really want to help people out there. And it's really amazing to me that that people who have such need are sometimes just the most generous, generous right. people on the planet, you know? Yeah. Those are those gifts that we're given when we get to meet mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Yeah. So, but really like we're trying to raise up more, more people like you who just, who (laughs) just have an idea and just, you know, bring it to life. Just run with it. Yeah. And that's kind of how that goes. Yeah. It took me about four hours to come up with this too. All those years ago, everybody, this has been a wonderful episode of all volunteer, all heart for Binky Patrol. You can find us in all your favorite podcast apps at binkypatrol.show. You can go to our website, which is binkypatrol.org. That's B-I-N-K-Y-P-A-T-R-O-L.org to learn more. And don't forget, go visit aaronspresence.org to learn more of how you can help from afar. Sponsor a project. Why not? Come up with a couple project ideas that they can put into the mix too. Maybe the kids are struggling. So I want to do something, but I, I don't have an idea. Yeah, And it never sure. hurts to toss them out there because you don't know where it will bloom. Thank you, Leah. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much, This is awesome. I really appreciate it.